Hello and welcome back to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue show all about the Chelsea women's team. I'm Jessie and I'm here. We're here to talk today about the Chelsea game against Reading, a frosty reception for Reading at Kings Meadow as Chelsea raced to a 3-0 lead in the opening 35 minutes before skating on thin ice in the second half. No surprise that Emma Hayes wanted to pick starters who have played in Sweden. There's an ice-cold full debut for Jelena Kankovic whilst Johanna Rittenkanerud provides a flurry of activity. They weren't frozen, unlike Anne Katrinberger, who may as well have been a snowman, but the Blues held out to bring home the perfect Christmas gift, three more WSL points. I promised to make snow more puns and instead let me welcome Abdullah Abdullah. How are you doing? Uh, Head in hands. Even even if I had a bad day, I think that would have just made it, you know... (laughs) A lot better. How long did it take you to come up with that intro? Please tell me. I worked hard on that intro. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I, I. You know what? I'll applaud you for for the effort. It was it was very very good. No, I, I'm doing I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Excited to break this down. I was I was kind of excited for the first. I watched the first 45 minutes live. As people would know, I these late games I watched half of it live. And when I did, I was extremely excited for what I saw. And then when I woke up, I went, "What? <laughs> like, what?" <laughs> and then yeah, here we are. And also joining the pod, a Blue Royalty debut, but not a London is Blue debut. Long time friend of the pod, Kings Meadow regular Clayton Beerman joining us. Clayton, how are you doing? I'm really well. I'm very, very pleased to be on. Thank you so much for having me this evening. Looking forward to chatting about last night. Yeah, so we're gonna we've got a lot to get to through. I think a uh, kind of interesting game in quite bizarre circumstances. We'll be we'll be going through Kankovic's WSL debut. Um, I think Abdullah's gonna do a bit of analytics corner on that one. We'll we'll talk about kind of that weird five minutes where we kind of switched off and made things a bit more nervous, and then take a broader look at the WSL because we've obviously kind of it's not technically the halfway point of the season, but you know we're heading into the winter break now. It kind of feels like this is a good opportunity to take stock and see where we are. But as usual, let's let's kick off with a, a three-word match review. Abdullah, I'll I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, what what are you going for? I'm going to play with the elements, and I'm going to say Kankovic on fire because Kankovic just literally, you know, was was a smoke show yesterday. Just absolutely, you know, what a way to make you know a full you know debut from the start. A couple of goals, movement, everything. So for me, you know, in the snow, Kankovic was on fire, just keeping everybody warm, keeping it keeping it real. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Keeping with the the elements, uh, yes. the elements option there. Clayton, have have you got a three word match review for us? I I have, and, and I was I was basically I was really going for the pun, and then your intro just blew me out of the water. But I'll just basically <laughs> go with snow easy games. Oh, I like that. That's good. I could have used yeah. that one. So yeah, it's fair. Respect, respect. Um, <laughs> equally, I now feel annoyed with myself because I overpunned in, you know, I've used up all my good material in the intro. This is the problem when you're you're hosting stuff, you know, you have to get it, get it all down. Um, but I will go with maybe something a bit boring, but something I, I feel like maybe we should have a talk about because I think we've seen it creeping into Chelsea's game recently, but lack of control. Um, just because I think this was like a brilliant start to the game, but those moments where you you switch off and, you know, I think it's fair to say the conditions contributed to that yesterday. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, by the way, I've just realised that people who don't live in England or maybe didn't watch the game, it was basically a snowstorm at, at King's Meadow for, for the context on this. Um, but yeah, just kind of allowing Reading back and maybe th- making things a bit more nervous than they needed to be. 
Uh, but we are, of course, talking about the game against Reading that took place on Sunday the 11th of December in the WSL at Kings Meadow. A 3-2 win for Chelsea in the end. Goals from Frank Herbie in the 16th minute, Jelena Kankovic in the 29th and 33rd minute before Sanna Trollsgaard and Amelie Eicheland uh, scored for Reading in the 60th and 61st minutes. Abdullah, let's kick off by by chatting through the, the team sheet because this was uh, once again a rotated Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think I think Chelsea rotated back to a, a bit more of a what seemed like maybe a back three. Again, it's it's always a toss-up between the three and the four. But you know, if, if we're looking at what we're seeing here, Anne Katchenberg in goal, and then you had a back three, if I can call it, of... If Perise, Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson, and in midfield, you had a little bit of a, a shake-up. You had Canarid coming in for a start, uh, I think only her third in the WSL. Cuthbert uh, uh, and Ingle continued their partnership in the middle. Neve Charles gets a start at left wing back. And then you had a front three of Bethany England, who comes in for a start. Frank Kirby, again, another one for a start. And, and, and Yelena Kankovic playing in that, in that hole in that number 10. And I think this is the first time we've seen these three uh, play together, which was which is quite interesting. And, and I would say a lot of positives to take out of that. And then I think obviously because of the um, because of the two goal salvo that that Reading had, I think uh, Emma Hayes wanted to bring on the cavalry. So Jess Carter, Gro Wright and Jesse Fleming and Sam Kerr all made an appearance off the bench. Yeah, Clayton, what did you make when when we had these starting lineups come out? I've, I feel like. This felt like an exciting moment to to give some players some more minutes, especially, you know, Beth England, who's a player lots of people have called to see see more of with Sam Kerr not go, having the best run of form. Kankovic is obviously someone who's been coming back from an injury. Um, what were your initial thoughts? I was really excited. Um, one, to see Kankovic play, obviously, uh, the lesser spotted Kankovic, because she'd been on the bench and, and hadn't been introduced. Um, so I wasn't quite sure about her fitness or what have you. Uh, but the actual team, um, apart from my favourite player not playing, uh, Guro, missing, which uh, I was always unhappy if she's not out there. But I was, I thought that that looked like a really good team because I think we all anticipated, well, I certainly anticipated that there would be changes because it was, quotes, Reading. Um, and I, I was really pleased with that team. I, I'm interested that the sort of you're talking about a back three. Because I actually thought that, I mean, just my opinion, that I thought that Perisette and Charles would just play two fullbacks. I didn't think Canerud actually dropped back that deep at any particular time during the game. So I was looking at as a back four. So it's interesting that, you know, that that was my perception. And I actually thought I, I was really pleased with the lineup. Yeah, I think I saw it as a, as a back four as well. Sometimes Google just does funny things in inventing uh, in inventing team sheets, which is always interesting. Them trying to to interpret it, but I think it definitely felt like Chelsea were playing that same kind of four two three one that we've we've seen, um, but with maybe that main interesting switch, which again I'd like us to talk about later of Frank Kirby playing out wide, whereas mainly this season we've we've seen her play as a ten. I mean, really, this was a pretty dominant performance, Abdullah, wasn't it? When we look at kind of the stats here. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you can't you can't mistake it. I mean, eighteen shots to, to Reading's eight and nine on target, and you know, versus three. So I think I think from a shots perspective and, and kind of you know being clinical in terms of getting shots on goal, I think I think Chelsea did a lot better. To, you know, last night uh, compared to other games, sixty one percent possession versus thirty nine. You know, almost double the passes with five hundred and seventeen to three thirty. Good decent passing accuracy with seventy eight percent. Seven fouls. 
two offsides and seven corners, whereas um, with Reading you had 13 fouls, two yellow cards, two offsides and two corners as well. So I think I think from the, from a from a stats perspective, a pretty dominant performance and and one that you can kind of you could see on the pitch that that's what was happening. So um, yeah, I don't have any complaints from that. But yeah, like you said, it's just lapses in concentration and control. I think are costing uh, moments in the game. Yeah, certainly, Clayton. As kind of Abdullah said, sort of at three 0 up at half time, I was thinking, "Wow, we're just breezing through this, making really light work." But obviously, those kind of quick via goals just sort of totally, totally turned the game on on its head. Really, didn't it? Were, were you feeling? What? How were you kind of feeling at half time? And then how were you kind of feeling at sixty two minutes? <laughs> At half time, I was thinking, oh, crikey, this is the same as Tottenham. The second half is going to be really boring because we've got so many games and they were probably told, OK, you're 3-0 up. Not coast, but just basically take it easy, don't overdo it and what have you because that's the way football is. And then after 62 minutes, I was thinking, what on earth is going on? Because they were both dreadful goals to concede. I mean, really awful. I... I it's very, very difficult to know how poor the conditions were underfoot, but that was the same for both sides. And we didn't create anything like that in the second half in terms of the mistakes that we made. And, and, and yeah, I, I was just, I, I don't know, I, I know everybody was hanging on, but I was just, it was complete disbelief. That being said, I didn't think that Reading deserved to be 3-0 down at half time, um, even discounting the offside goal the first one I actually was really impressed with them and and from a lot of the teams I've seen this season I, I thought they played really well yeah I agree I definitely think you know Reading are uh, a team not to be sniffed at and you know a funny quirk of the calendar was I believe this is the third year in a row we've played them on the 11th of December and I think everyone will remember what happened on the 11th of December last year although albeit we were obviously away um, for for that game, uh, losing one nil. But I I definitely think you know I know Emma Hayes has a, a great deal of respect for Kelly Chambers, who I think is an excellent manager and and regularly does stuff with that program at Reading that she has no right to do given the the amount of resources they have. And I think you know they are a very well drilled team who who often don't give up and who often believe they can get results where where maybe other teams would would kind of fold and you know it is it is testament to that but but equally you know these are the things that you kind of just want to to put to bed and and allow the players to react uh, relax like like you're kind of saying Clayton there um but let's take a quick ad break uh thanks to our sponsors when we come back we'll get into the the details of the game uh, a bit more if you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with over 5,000 plus server options. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. 
All right, just a couple of notes from the parish. Um, lots of exciting new merch for you to go to check out. I don't know with snow and delivery dates whether you'd be able to get hold of it for Christmas. But if not, you know, who doesn't like more presents after Christmas? Uh, so make sure you get ordering lots of cool stuff there. Uh, the London is Blue Boys are coming over all the way from the United States of America to do lots of fun stuff in London next year. You can get involved with that trip. Head over to the Twitter feed if you want to find out more details. And as always, uh, we hope you're enjoying what we're doing on the Blue Royalty feed. Rate, review, subscribe, share, shout about us. Um, we want to have as many people hearing the good news of the Chelsea Women's Football Club as possible. But let's kick off by talking about Jelena Kankovic because Abdullah, this was a performance, or not even a performance, a start, some minutes that, that we've waited a while to see. Uh, for anyone who maybe doesn't know, could you just give us a bit of backstory on you know, Kankovic is signing and why we're here in halfway through December talking about her making her first start. Yeah, no, so so Kankovic obviously was one of the uh, the later arrivals in the summer and, and obviously, you know, Chelsea have been looking for, um, you know, uh, another midfielder to come in and kind of, you know, uh, take off the load and kind of, you know, fix the issues that Chelsea have had in, had in midfield over the last, like, you know, couple of seasons of you know, finding the right balance and finding the right type of player. Obviously, Ji So Yun had left the club over the summer, so there needed to be some sort of almost a like-for-like -like replacement, which I'm not saying uh, Kankovic is, but, you know, it was the closest thing to that. Um, why have we waited for so long? It's just she's been plagued with a few injuries in the beginning, you know, a few niggles here and there. I think she was, you know, I, I would have assumed that she would have had a start or, or, or even a few minutes uh, in, in October, but, you know, a niggling injury. Then obviously it was international break. She got injured again over there. Um, but I also think that it's the part of the MAH's initiation process for all new signings, right? You come in, you, you kind of settle into the side, settle into the country, and you they take your time to come in. I mean, I think with the exception of Kadisha Buchanan, who's literally just been thrust into the team, uh, obviously coming from, from such a, from a big side like Leon. Everyone else has just been kind of been eased in and, you know, we've kind of always seen it work, right? Like the, the best signings, the, the new signings have usually come at their best after a period of time. The younger ones maybe after a season, but, uh, you know, the the older ones maybe after a couple of months of just kind of being bedded, bedding in. But, you know, overall, I think uh, you can't complain if, 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 I mean, we had to wait so long, but you know what? I'll take this performance if we had to wait so long and, and if we can get more of this in the, in the next uh, few weeks and months. Yeah, this is a bit of an Emma Hayes classic, isn't it, Clayton? That she clearly really likes players to know and understand the system before they get fully brought into the team. And that's obviously been delayed a bit with, with Kankovic's injury issues that she's had at the start of the season. But it felt like this performance, and, you know, we've also seen it with Lauren James having, again, long injury layoff, but the time to kind of understand what Hayes wants from her Chelsea team. This Kankovic performance kind of showed why maybe she she looks to do that because, you know, she comes in, she gets two goals, she looks amazing. What an amazing, you know, confidence boost for her and the team. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the blueprint. Uh, the Lauren James blueprint was rolled out again for Kankovic, uh, both, as you say, injured initially. But she just, I mean, she looked like she'd been playing for, for years because she was sort of fit into the system. She was... Her passing was neat. It was crisp. It was really good. I mean, not obviously before the pitch got covered with snow. Um, and she was there for the goals, and especially the second one. It, her movement was absolutely superb. Um, 
It was really good to see. I mean, you mentioned G, and I was watching last night, and I just thought some of her movement and some of the play was very. That was what we we'd miss that massively, and and anybody would miss G, um, massively too soon to actually put her in the same bracket. But it was good to see that we've now got a player who can perhaps fill in that hole, do something different. But but we we have I think we've missed that, and she looked like she could be that that person. Yeah, I definitely think with with Penilla Harder out as well, you know, it's someone of the profile who who's very very different and I think that's something that was really exciting about our summer signings this year was it felt like lots of the players we were going for were of all of different profiles. So even though, you know, the classic thing thrown at Chelsea is, you know, we've got this ridiculously big squad and players don't get the minutes. It's like, no, well, you need different players for different moments and you know, that the thing with the absence of G is maybe it's sometimes harder to unlock teams who are going to sit back. So you're looking for someone who could do that. Or equally, if teams are going to be very compact, you want someone who's maybe going to be more of a runner in a way like Canada is. And, you know, I think that's it's really exciting to see those pieces starting to come together. Obviously, with Kankovic starting at the 10, and Abdullah will come on and talk in a minute about exactly what she did there, but there were some knock-on effects as a result. So Fran Kirby obviously started and, and we've seen her players tend this, this season, but but she was moved out wide. And listen, we always know that Fran Kirby, I don't want to say she hates playing against Reading, like or she hates Reading, because obviously we we bought her from Reading. Um but she's scored more goals against Reading than she has any other WSL side. It always feels like she she raises her game when she plays against them. But did you always did you almost think we got maybe more out of Kirby because she was back in that wide position? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think I think this is obviously the position that she played right um, a couple of seasons ago when when it was the the harder Ker- Kirby uh, trio combination of last season and obviously the season before. It to me that was until she maybe played it at a 10, you get to toss up a little bit, but I think probably the wide position on the right is Kirby's best one, right? She gets the most space over there. She's able to control play a little better, and she's almost out of the limelight of defenders because of the play is so concentrated out on the left-hand side or maybe even a little bit centrally. You almost kind of like leave Frank Kirby with probably like a one-on-one or even free at times, and to me, that's probably where Frank Kirby shines, shines the best. Um... I don't know if it was you. That, I think you you wrote it somewhere. If, I, if I'm not wrong, that probably um, you know Kirby's best position, maybe to and get the best out of the rest of the team, is to put Kirby back in in almost a wider position on, on the right hand side. And I think on evidence of yesterday, it seems like that's the that's the best position because you you both you get someone who's so good at reading the space in the wide area, but at the same time knows how to score goals, knows how to run into the box. And it's kind of probably Chelsea's best all-round attacker out of all of all of the players that we have because she's so good at doing all everything. And just I mean, just from the evidence of yesterday, she was on the left, she was on the right, you know, she was she was in the midfield and she was kind of running around. Obviously, she got the first goal as well. You know, great awareness over there. So I think I think Frank Kirby is one of those players where you can kind of play her anywhere and she'll give you probably like in seven and a half, eight out of 10 every game. But the minute you put her in, in a really good position, like this wide right role, which which I think she she's best at, is you you will get more often than not, like a, a nine out of 10. And, and I think just further evidence that there's, you've, you've just got to keep playing Frank Kirby. 
Yeah, I agree. I thought she had like a, another fantastic game and it just feels like she really always turns up for us at the moment. But placing a, a player I was interested in, in seeing because I think we've seen her go hot and cold so far this season was Ritten Kanarid. And I thought it was interesting that I felt like her link up with Kankovic felt really, really strong. Uh, obviously she was kind of Kanarid was offside for that for the opener and it was then her shot that Kankovic gets in on on the rebound but what did you make of, of Kanarid's performance and and how have you kind of seen that in the context of, of her her season so far? Yeah I think you're spot on I think she has been hot and cold I think she started off well um, on a couple of occasions that I've seen where she started I've wanted to see more I think last night certainly in the first half and I thought she played really well and her link-up play was good I mean she was really unlucky in terms of her shot um hit the post before we scored um the second goal but I I liked I liked what I saw um but I, I don't know whether it was conditions or what have you but I thought she faded really badly in the second half I didn't really think that she wasn't taking players on and again the conditions may have been it wasn't really conducive but I didn't think she whilst I I liked the movement. I liked what I saw in the first half. I'm not 100% sure that she seems to have the confidence to take players on, um, which I think she was doing initially. Maybe that's been reined back. Maybe she's been told not to 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 do that if if there's a you know there's a possibility she's going to lose possession. Um, I think I think with all you know, I think it's difficult if you're in and out all the time. Now I I don't know enough about last season and whether she was a consistent starter um before she came to us but I would imagine that if it's a, a new club and you're in and you're out and you're playing with different personnel it will take time for her to settle and it might take at least another half a season before we see um her really blossom yeah and I think an important point around that is obviously the Swedish league runs along a calendar year so she effectively you know kind of came without a summer's break because she was you know playing up to and including the euros and then you know the transfer happens and she comes straight back into our season whereas obviously in Sweden they've they've kind of finished by now so I think that's maybe an interesting thing to think about when we're talking about players being a bit knackered you know I'm just looking now and you know 15 15 starts she made for for Jotterborg in 2022 plus playing a big chunk of the Euros for for Sweden obviously um so I definitely agree I felt like she really suited the super sub role earlier in the season and when she's maybe been given a greater opportunity she hasn't really looked at, at the same level yet and I don't know if that is just maybe she doesn't have the fitness to really give much more than than what she can over over 30 minutes um another player who did disappoint me a bit Abdullah uh was Beth England obviously there's been a lot of kind of Beth England chat around Sam Kerr chat see last episode for Sam Kerr chats because she didn't start today so we're not going to get into that right now but we've had this before with Beth England right she does get starts and she does get opportunities and I thought she was pretty anonymous in this match yeah I agree I, I felt like um she was just almost just kind of like a just a walking presence up I mean not walking but I mean just like a moving presence up front without actually doing anything like you knew she was there but it was almost like 
her being there um, maybe wasn't just as effective in terms of the way it moved because to me it felt like you know Sankovic was the one making the late runs Frank Kirby going in there you know at times Sophie Ingle making making runs in there so it just felt like there were other players even Canard kind of coming inside and doing things so to me it felt like three four players were, were being were in the positions that you would normally want Bethingen to be in and she just wasn't there and I don't know. It's like she struggled to get into the game. You know, you guys can you guys can tell me better. But I don't. Know, maybe what was it? The weather was it that it was too cold? It was. Slip, I mean, I saw people slipping around, right? So maybe there was a little bit of worry about slipping and maybe getting injured. So maybe that was a thought in her mind. But I don't know. It just it, to me, it felt like she definitely could have gotten to better positions and 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 better places. But if I had to give her any benefit of the doubt, I, I also felt like. Chelsea weren't exactly playing crosses into the box. They were trying to go centrally most of the time, right? It was always, let's get through the half spaces. That's kind of played in and around. They even when Canarade or Neve Charles on the left side would kind of get it in the wide areas, their first instinct is to come inside and kind of play in the pockets and kind of pass inside. Whereas I think Bething, while she does thrive on the through balls, especially on, on a counter-attacking team with the space in behind, to me, the other strength that she has is 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 from crosses, right? She's She's big, she's powerful. We know she's got a great header on her. And I don't think Chelsea played enough to the secondary strengths that she has, which is crossing the ball in. And I think that also played a factor in her suffering in this game because Reading were were impressive. They had a really good compact shape, which obviously didn't allow for anything to go through the middle in terms of uh, in terms of playing it off the last man, right? You, when you have late runners coming in, it's a whole different ball game because the defenders are focused on, on, on the striker. So maybe in that sense... It was because of her movement and her positioning up front was allowed the late runners to come in behind. But at the same time, I feel like if maybe there were a couple more crosses in there. Maybe we could have seen uh, a little bit more of, of Beth England there. So while it wasn't the greatest performance in the world, I will give her a little bit of benefit of the doubt because, because of that. Clayton, I could uh, see you nodding through lots of that. Is, is your feeling that we just, you know, didn't set up really to get the the best out of Beth England? And if so, does that kind of suggest that maybe Chelsea have evolved in a direction that does, just doesn't ultimately suit her as a as a player, or is this just kind of a, a one off thing? I'd like to think it's a one off thing. I always feel really sorry for her when she basically does eventually get a start and then nothing happens. Um, I. I completely agree with everything Abdullah said. I, she got, for me, she got no service. Now, whether that is her not working hard enough to to find the ball, I don't know. Um, but I didn't think she got a huge amount of service. I think obviously there were other players, as Abdullah said, that were actually taking her space. Now, whether that is her letting that happen or just the game passing her by, I don't know. I mean, it must be really difficult to not play for months and then basically just start, especially. I don't. I don't think the conditions, certainly in the first half, would have, would have affected how she played. But I do actually. I just thought. I did. I don't know whether whether it's the right thing to think that I just felt a bit sorry for her because I just thought that the way we played, and and the whole setup and the way that Fran um, and Kankovic were were basically buzzing about. Um, I just. I just don't think we played to her strengths at all. Um, and you're right, there weren't any crosses in the box apart from corners. Yeah, and I guess that's a, especially when we're not playing someone like a Guru Wrighton who who we know is going to get the balls into the box. That, that is maybe an issue because none of those kind of wide players are particularly 
crossy. I don't think that's the technical term, but uh, we're going with it right now. Um, but Good. Abdullah, let's go back to your analytics corner uh, quickly. Uh, Kankovic, I think most people agree, you know, kind of was the outstanding player. What was it specifically that you were seeing about what she was doing in that position that made her look so good? So for me, I, I was I was pleased with her performance for probably a couple of reasons. And obviously one we touched on on her um, off the ball running. But I think a few weeks ago I wrote I wrote something about Chelsea's issues in progressive play and needing someone to kind of bridge the gap between what a Sophie Ingle and Aaron Cuthbert offers and then what a Panela Hard, a Frank Kirby or, or anybody else uh, would offer up in, in the attacking third. And, and I, I, I thought... Sankovic would be the answer and it, and it just seems like she just she was that I thought I thought you know, a couple of things that stood out for me one her control of the ball and her passing I thought was really really good both from just simple simple passes across they looked really assured and at the same time her bit more expansive passing was great but it wasn't just the, just it wasn't just the pass it was the pass and then move into the next position forward so even though she was pushing it forward and progressing the ball her first instinct is where can I get into a better position going forward and then that to me linked in with her movement off the ball I thought that was exquisite especially the second goal that she scored where she pops up out of nowhere to get into the box to score that goal I thought was excellent because obviously she's part of the move in the beginning it goes out to a wide area it gets crossed it and suddenly, you know, like we said, Beth England's probably in the middle of the players in the middle. She just creeps in late and, and, and scores the goal. And I think, you know, when we're, when we're talking about wanting a number 10 to kind of maybe fit into this Chelsea side, maybe it is, you know, and maybe it might be a wild statement considering everything, but maybe it is Sankovic that is the perfect piece in this number 10 role, right? Because someone who is so good with the ball in terms of, the in terms of the passing in terms of the movement in terms of understanding the spaces and you know she seems like she seems like a very as I think yesterday I said it was she almost felt to me like a pure playmaker but with excellent ball control and dribbling ability right she's like she's almost got like the creativity of G but then the movement uh, the, the the ball movement of like a Penela Harder right it to me it feels like that maybe not to the exact levels that those two bring but it's like a combination of that and against teams that want to sit back and maybe obviously Reading were really good and they didn't exactly sit back all the time but I think when we're looking at teams where we want to break you know a low blocks down and we need play to be quick I felt like Kankovic offers that she offers the team an energy and movement with the ball without the ball that will spark the team to go a bit quicker you know you look at, I mean, yes, we can argue that the, the the first goal was offside, but it was her quick thinking with the free kick to get the ball into 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 Canada's position and go for the cross, right? So that was, to me, the first sign of, wow, okay, she's looking at the game, she's looking at the position, she's thinking about the game and getting it quick. Second goal is obviously there. And then for me, just throughout, till till she came off, was was she had some excellent moments and movement, and I, I only think, you know, she, she's going she's gonna to get better. Yeah, I definitely think really exciting to to see how she she develops within this side. Obviously, a player who I think from those who had watched her before had picked up a lot of hype, but maybe had gone under the the radar, especially because you know we don't normally get to see the Serbian international team uh, performing at particularly high levels, and you know not everyone's up to scratch on the Swedish league. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where she goes next. This kind of quite neatly, Chelsea's performance maps onto a conversation of talking about how we attacked in the first half to talking about how we defended in the second half. Because Clayson, 3-0 up at halftime, we're cruising. 
suddenly, 15 minutes in, we're 3-2 down. And, and you kind of touched on it already, but it did sort of feel like we came out for that second half and we were just a bit like, well, the job's done. I guess we've just got to play in the snow for another 45 minutes. Well, it certainly looked that way. Um, I, I can't believe for one minute uh, an Emma Hayes team would do that intentionally, but perhaps mentally they just switched off. I mean, both goals were absolute horror shows and and were so preventable. that I mean, the first goal, um, Millie, who, again, was just exceptional. I just can't praise her highly enough. She she sort of half cleared the ball and, and Magda just completely missed it. And then obviously AKB's complete horror show. As a as a former goalkeeper, I would only say in her defense, she probably hadn't touched the ball. She made one really good save early on, but then she probably hadn't touched the ball for about 45 minutes, was probably as cold as a fish finger. Um, but it was it was horrible. It really was horrible. Um, so that was just calamitous. And then a minute later, uh, Nee Charles, who I thought, again, was really, really excellent, um, missed a tackle. She tackled like a converted winger. Who knew? Um, and, and then I thought the goal was really well taken. Whether on another day AKB would have actually saved that when she was sort of more into a rhythm or what have you, but I can tell you as a goalkeeper, once you let a goal in, having not touched the ball beforehand, then you're you're just you're so off it. So I maybe a little bit harsh on AKB, AKB but I mean missed tackles and and just no concentration. I mean it was it was perhaps because it was so unexpected, but. As I said earlier, Reading Reading were were good. They were decent. They had a they had a couple of you know chances in the first half, and so I just think it was quite unprofessional. And I sometimes you actually have to look at the midfield and and think you're not protecting your defence as you should be. But I don't actually think that was the case here. I just think it was a mess. Yeah, let's. I want to touch on AKB first here, Abdullah, because. Uh, firstly, I did unfortunately get into an argument with someone yesterday about AKB being overrated. I was obviously defending her. This was post the mistake, I've got to say. But, you know, we have seen two mistakes in two games. Well, I think everyone knows, and this was the crux of my argument, uh, that I don't think anyone's pretending AKB isn't a player with a mistake in her. But when they come back to back like this... It does feel a bit unfortunate. Obviously, here this didn't impact the number of points we took from the game, although it did midweek. Um, is this just something we chalk down to her kind of regular issues uh, and something she just needs to to get out of her system? And hopefully, now we won't see it for for the rest of the season. Or is there something more going on? I don't know. I think there's something different about akb this season obviously she came back from from a health scare obviously over over the summer and then she's come back into the team and uh, you know obviously it's been it's been a great story there's something about akb this season this this season i don't know just her 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 demeanor her face the way way she's looking something feels off and you know it's it's almost like the mistakes are playing on her mind more than it should i don't know it, it, and and i think that's maybe causing, and obviously now that she's had two mistakes in in back to back games, I think, you know, she she's obviously going to be well aware of that. And I think I'm hoping that this break comes. Obviously, they got Vlasny and PSG, but when the winter break comes up in in a couple of games, 
I'm hoping that this gives her time to to kind of wind down and just kind of relax because I think maybe she's putting a little bit of pressure on herself. But I think there's obviously there's still a quality goalkeeper and I don't think we're at a point where we can say that, oh no, you know, every single week we know that, you know, it's not like the old Kepa situation where every game you go into, you're expecting him to make a mistake, right? I don't think we're there. She's still a world-class goalkeeper. But I think we need to kind of keep an eye on the rest of the uh, rest of the season and maybe it comes down to what we said further about teams the lapse of concentration because for large parts of the last uh, for, for the last couple of games but just before the mistakes it's not like she has a ton of balls coming at her ton of saves where she's maybe being as sharp as possible and maybe that 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 lack of maybe concentration for that when that one shot or when that one moment comes in she has to be you know completely switched on and, and maybe that's the case so we'll see how she does i'm, I'm assuming Musovic starts against Vlasnia on, on, on Thursday, right? And then you can, I mean, it's a safe assumption. And then obviously she'll come back into the team for the most part for against PSG next week. So I think we need to see how she does at PSG. If she gets through that unscathed, which I think is, is a big test anyway, uh, I think I think then we'll be able to assess. But yeah, I, I'm going to, ch- for now, I'm going to chalk it down to just, it's just two individual mistakes. It happens. AKB is still a class goalkeeper. Let's see it over a longer stretch of time. Yeah, I definitely agree. And something that I think is kind of interesting around all this, Clayton, is is shuffling the the defence in front of her, specifically the, the central defenders. Obviously, it now seems like Millie Bright and Kadisha Buchanan are, are sort of the first choice central duo with Magda Eriksson. They're not playing at left back, but we've seen on a couple of occasions now Magda and Millie resume their central defensive partnership. What... What do you kind of make of that that chopping and changing and, and maybe moving Magda in and out from left back to centre back and vice versa? Obviously, she was starting today, having been hooked at half time against the the Real Madrid game, and and while she didn't have an awful lot to do, there were some not great moments again in this one. Yeah, I, I think maybe her confidence is slightly low at the moment. Uh, I don't think being hooked at half time ever does anybody's confidence any good. Um, as I said, the, for the first goal, she could have done a lot better. Um, I agree that when you're a goalkeeper, you want a settled four or five in front of you. I think that that's something that you really aim for. But I I think that where you play for a team that is so dominant in sort of ninety percent of the games they play, you I don't think it affects you as much. I mean, I I, I think that you know we can look at the two mistakes that she made. Um, this week but then okay it was Leicester but she made one unbelievable save I mean in a game where you're basically literally doing nothing and against Leicester she was literally doing nothing she then came and made was it two or even three really really excellent saves one of them was just so well class Um, so maybe it's just a moment rather than the defence changing because I, I just think that where you have the consistency of Millie um, in front of you, uh, and and as you say, that the whole of last season, it was Millie and Magda. So I, I'm not sure that that is what's causing um, the mistakes. I mean, I suppose in isolation, you could basically say that the one against Real Madrid was came after she'd hurt her foot, whether that was preying on her mind, I've got absolutely no idea. And the one last night, maybe it was just one of those things because the weather was so awful. Um, I I think she's had I I I understand entirely what you're saying, but I, I think she's been all right this season. 
I really do. And maybe it's because they were so close to each other that you think maybe there's something going on. But yeah, I yeah, may, may I'm not sure that the sort of defense changing is is what's uh, causing or has caused the last couple of, shall we say, errors. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. And I definitely feel like maybe there's just been a, a teensy bit of complacency all across the pitch because I also think, again, not across consistent games, but there were moments against Leicester where I felt like it was quite easy for Leicester to play through our midfield equally. Here, there were kind of moments like that as well. Um, I Realistically, neither of them generated exceptional chances you know Reading's to- shots total was was 0.9 xg and to be honest if AKB saves the first one which it probably was quite should have been a comfortable save then I don't know if the second goal happens either because it just felt like such a freak out but I do kind of wonder if there's been a bit of you know we're playing games against the bottom two and we're tired and it's cold that have just made, you know, even Aaron and Sophie switch off and then that obviously creates more pressure on the defence. Um, Abdullah, well, obviously, you know, kind of Chelsea wasn't really like they were super under the cosh after they they conceded the last two goals, but they they didn't manage to score a, a, another one. Obviously, they'd come out in the second half and not been able to force the issue further. Why, why do you think that was? I don't know. I think, I think it was... It was it... It felt very. Um, it felt very. The job is done. I think we should be able to. We should be able to just clean this up. It's cold. Let's just let's just play. We were already you know three 0 up. We don't need to maybe exert enough energy, you know, more energy than we need to. Let's let's reserve it for um, you know for the big two games coming up in the Champions League, right? And I think obviously then there was that there's that two minute spell where. Reading just decided, yeah, we're just going to score a couple of goals and 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 take take advantage of Chelsea's lapse in concentration. And I think beyond that, it's just it, I think it just comes down to um, it just comes down to, to to Chelsea wanting it more. I think I just I just really felt like they were like we've we've done it, like we've done our job, and and we've got, obviously that's not what Emma Hayes. I'm assuming from all we know, Emma Hayes would never want her team to do that. But I think mentally, the, the weather got worse. Uh, it was getting colder. They were three 0 up. Obviously, let in two goals. But I, I almost felt like, in to some extent, Chelsea were in like stuck in third gear. They they could have gone up one or two more gears, even with the, the the subs that came on. And to me, they just to me they just felt like you know what, if we can just preserve this three goal lead, sure, if we get a fourth goal, fantastic. But let's not overreach. Let's not let's not get injured. Let's not get tired. Let's let's just you know see the game off and. Um, and kind of go from there, and, and you know what? Maybe to an extent, you can turn it out and turn it around and say, okay, maybe it was for a very long period, from the what the sixty second minute to the ninetieth. But you know, decent game management in terms of being able to control the ball, keep it in, keep it in in Reading's half. You know, after they conceded the goals, and you know, especially the last five five six minutes of just keeping it in the corner and frustrating Reading. I think you know it could be the positive that you could take out of this. So. It's a tough one to put down to, um, but I think for them it was just get the three points, don't overexert yourself, and and we go. But you know, is this going to be a problem going into next week or even you know the new season? I don't know, but I certainly hope not. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it down to that for now. Yeah, and I think ultimately, look, sometimes these things do happen. Chelsea have a, a tendency, I think, to 
sometimes makes things harder for themselves than they need to, but ultimately it was tough conditions and it it was a game that had the potential to be tricky and they were able to rest some big players. They walked away through two winners. Um, they currently sit top of the WSL at the end of 2022. Uh, so we're going to take another quick ad break and when we come back, we will talk about being top of the league. Not only are we top of the league, I actually also note that statistically we are now the only team unable to be relegated. So it's great to see that our, another season in the WSL is guaranteed for Chelsea. Uh, but yes, top, having played a game more than Arsenal, obviously three points ahead of them. Clayton, we're 10 games into the season, so not quite halfway. Yeah. What have you made of, of Chelsea so far, particularly in relation to... Arsenal, United and City who, you know, have, have already broken away and are quite clearly going to be the top four this year? I think that my general overview has been that we've turned up when we had to. I think that in the games where we needed to win, uh, we've done so. And I think no more than in the second game of the season when we played Man City. Having had that horrendous loss in the first game it was absolutely essential that we didn't drop any more points and I thought even though at the beginning of that game we didn't actually play that well I think we basically stepped it up and we made sure that we won the game and I think that and it goes back to what Abdullah was saying about last night our game management is is very good and I think that um that's been my impression I think that, and this this sort of goes back to last season, I think there's been so many games where you actually think we could do better, um, but we're still getting it over the line. Um, I thought the Real Madrid game at home, I thought that was a really good performance. Um, and I, ju I just think that we, we seem to have a control. Um, and I think that... It's quite interesting, whereas last year it was Arsenal all the way. Um, this year it's Arsenal, it's Man City, it's Manchester United. And I think these teams are all improving. Um, and obviously we won at Manchester United, which was a, a massive result. Um, yeah, so I, I think it, it's good. And I, but, but I think that we've got more in the tank. And I think that there are a couple of players that we have had playing. Um, Sam, obviously, one of them that that can get to a, a higher level than they've been at this season. So, yeah, I I think I'm really looking forward to. Is it the fifteenth of January? The way Arsenal, I'm really looking forward to that game because I think we. I yes, <laughs> I just I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I really do. That'll be a big one for sure. Some Emirates revenge to be found there. Abdullah, just to, to kind of finish off and, and sort of help wrap us up, uh, I'm going to put a tough one to you, I guess. Are Chelsea favourites to win the WSL right now? Oh, what a what a question to ask me. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's neck and neck with Arsenal. I think you'd have to say because they've got their top of the league and, and, and obviously... United beat Arsenal earlier in the season. I'd say yes, but like literally just about. And this, but realistically, I think we're only going to really find out. And even then, maybe it's when they play Arsenal after the break. 
that's the game, right? You beat Arsenal, you put that daylight between them, and then you you kind of you you know you kind of expect and hope that 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 that, that Chelsea go on and win the rest of their games against everybody else. Um, so yeah, and, and obviously the league's tough. I think look, I think the league's tough this year. Um, teams are, are are getting better. Other teams are dropping points. Obviously, we saw the uh, the the Manchester derby with a one one. So you know, if if they can take points off each other, then there's a very good chance they can take some off Chelsea. They can take some off Arsenal. You know, and everybody can kind of take it off everyone. But I would say right now, maybe just slightly. I think yes, I think Chelsea are the favourites, and and I I wouldn't put it past them to to go and pick up yet another. Uh, you know, another title consecutively. All right, there you go, Blues fans. Abdullah is saying that we are favourites to win another WSL title. I definitely think that that first game back against Arsenal uh, could be a really very, very interesting one. I personally am scared. Um, so that about just about wraps us up for today. Just to run through some of the other WSL results, there was a 1-1 draw in the Manchester derby. Great result for us, uh, really, to have United and City both dropping some more points. West Ham beat Spurs 2-0. Arsenal, once again, uh, managed to flatter to deceive, uh, winning 4-1 against Aston Villa without really having to play very well. Um, So yes, Chelsea top at Christmas on 27 points. Arsenal second on 24. United in third on 22. And City in fourth on 19. Big thanks to Clayton for, for joining us. Hopefully we'll have him on again soon. Chelsea playing Vlatsnia on Friday. We can qualify, fingers crossed, please, surely, if we draw against them into the final eight of the Champions League. Um, We'll be recording over the weekend before we'll be back next week as well with a preview of that big Paris Saint-Germain game at Stamford Bridge. Get your tickets if you haven't already. Until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.